Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Bye-bye, Aaron Rodgers. Hello. Well, I guess not hello, Lions, because they're going home, too. But what a Sunday night game. That was bananas. Uh, The two night games, Saturday and Sunday night, lived up to the hype. The rest of the weekend, not so much. But playoff stuff, a lot going on. Rodgers, how do you shake that? I mean, that's that's a terrible loss. We will dive into that. Uh, Dive into some other playoff scenarios. In terms of, you know, the Steelers are out, the Pats are out, the Dolphins are in, Seattle's in. Some thoughts on the Texans firing Lovey. Uh, the Bears get the number one overall pick. Sala and the Jets got some issues. We will dive deeper into the playoff stuff probably on Tuesday's pod. Reaction to the national championship game on Monday night. I put out a pod on Sunday uh, on the three and out feed. You can find some thoughts on Sean McVay, Sean Payton. Uh, the Jags-Texans game. So I got, I got back-to-back podcasts. If you missed it on Sunday, a lot going on. I have a pod from yesterday as well. It's a shorter one. Uh, so go go check that out. You listen on Colin's feed. Make sure you subscribe to the 3 and Out feed. Middlecoff mailbag questions. I'm going to need some. Uh, I banged out. I put some questions on the Sunday pod as well. Some of you guys that hit me up. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. You want to get on the Middlecoff mailbag. I will, put, I will put one out at the end of the podcast on a Tuesday show. It's just my uh, my Instagram name. At John Middlecoff. Fire in those DMs. Ask me any question. Uh, playoffs are here. A lot going on football-wise. Let's buckle up, baby. Before we dive into football, I want to tell you about my friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your app store, download the Game Time app, and get the best ticket app out there on the market. I swear by it. And here's what I know. Download the Game Time app, sign up, and when you do, use the promo code John, that's J-O-H-N, for $20 off your first purchase. My girlfriend just sold a house to uh, some clients here in Arizona. They're like, we need something to do. I'm like, well, the Suns are playing all month long. The Waste Management, the golf tournament, is right around the corner. Here's what you do. You download the Game Time app, you check it out, use my promo code, you get some tickets, and you go to the event. You want to go to the golf? You want to go do the Waste Management in a month? You want to go to watch Suns? I wanted to go see Kevin Durant, but he just got hurt, so I might have to change that to watch Luka. But wherever you are, college basketball is off and running. I I watched Kentucky the other day. They stink. Uh, The NBA, full swing. If you live in one of these cities that's hosting an NFL playoff game the next couple weeks, highly recommend that as well. Concerts. You want to go see your favorite musician? 
Just download the Game Time app and do it right now. Download the Game Time app. I'm, if you're listening to this and you like the show, make sure you use the promo code John. That's J O H N. Twenty dollars off your first purchase. Cannot recommend it enough. Or GameTime.co. Use the website. Check it out right now. Application store. GameTime. Download the app. Promo code John. Let's rock and roll. Twenty dollars off your first purchase. <laughs> Okay, that game was wild. I mean, that was that was riveting Sunday night television. Before we dive into Aaron Rodgers, that was fantastic. The Lions, the Packers, that that was as entertaining and as fun of a game, given the stakes. It could have been a little bit better, I guess, if it was truly win or get in. But we know Dan Campbell, the Lions, they played like their playoff hopes were also on the line. Turns out it was just their Super Bowl. But they had a winning season, incredible accomplishment, especially when they started as crappy as they did. What were they, one and five? I mean, they they had a terrible start. They knocked the Packers out. Honestly, one of the highlights of my lifetime in the Lions franchise, knocking the Green Bay Packers out of the playoffs. That, That was cool. Now let's get to the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, I've always defended him. You know, against people like Coward that, you know, just can be negative when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. I I guess I would be one of those people, I wouldn't say make excuses for the guy, but just say, listen, in my lifetime of watching sports, he's one of the better players I've ever seen. He can do it all. His accomplishments speak for himself, the MVPs, the Super Bowl. But these last several years, in the peak of his powers, he has had home game after home game after home game in big moments. The last two years, he's been knocked out of the playoffs at home. Tonight, at home against the lowly Lions. Now, they're not the lowly Lions anymore, but they're still the Lions, and he loses. For a great player, and I mean an all-time great player, a couple years ago it felt like if he keep rolling, rattling off some MVPs, winning another Super Bowl, we can talk about him as a top-five quarterback of all time. He has some of the worst losses I've ever seen in my entire life. Several years ago, his first MVP loses at home to Tampa Bay, If I remember correctly, Brady was not exactly great in that game. Okay, whatever. Comes back, wins another MVP. They have the number one overall seed. They play the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo, who's nursing a shoulder injury and a thumb injury. They could not score an offensive touchdown. They lose the game. Then tonight, playing the Lions and Jared Goff. I've been watching Jared Goff since his freshman year at Cal when they went 1-11. Jared Goff does not thrive in the elements. And Aaron Rodgers loses to the Lions. Now, you could argue some of his losses early on in his career against some of the Harbaugh teams, against that Russell Wilson team. It's not always been his fault. And diehard Packer fans and diehard Aaron Rodgers fans have always said winning and losing is not a quarterback stat. And I say, you know, sometimes that's true. They scored enough points and their defense got shredded by Colin Kaepernick. Mike McCarthy made bad decisions about going forward on fourth down, kicking field goals. Okay. But these last couple years are an indictment on Aaron Rodgers. Like that pick in the fourth quarter against the Lions. And let's face it, he did it earlier in the game too. And it got called back because of a hands to the face penalty on the Lions defender, on the defensive lineman. So listen, Aaron Rodgers is a great player. He's an all-time great talent. But when the dust settles, and it sure felt like Mike Tirico at the end of the game feels the guy's going to retire. He's going to retire losing to the Lions? Like, he's really going to go out like that. He's still really good. Like, his team is, it's not like they're bad. I mean, he's going to go out like that. 
His career is going to just be thought of like, yeah, the last several years, he just lost in the worst fashion possible. To the 49ers and a team that couldn't score an offensive touchdown at home, to Tom Brady when he threw picks, and then to to the Lions and Jared Goff. Like, it's hard to defend. Now, the Packers aren't the perfect team. They're not some overall powerhouse this year, but they're favored at home, and they do not win. And for whatever reason, Aaron Rodgers, in the frigid cold temperatures, late in his career at Lambeau, it just feels a little bit off. And it just feels like my recommendation, I know people are talking about, is he going to ask to get traded? Would they trade him? Are they over it? Do they just pivot to Jordan Love? I do think if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I would not walk away. You Clearly, he still has a lot of football left. I would want to go to a warmer weather climate. Because for whatever it happens, like, listen, I, I hate the cold. I despise the cold. I moved to a place that's 115 degrees, like five months a year, and I love it. I do not do anything under like 50 degrees. So I sympathize with the California guy in frigid temperatures. The older you get, you know, thinner your blood gets, I think. That's what I've been told. I understand. But you saw tonight, he looks really cold. Of course he is. I feel like this, and I don't know this for a fact. It's cold in Kansas City. It's cold. It gets cold in Boston. Like, there there are certain places in the NFL, in Baltimore, in Pittsburgh, in Cleveland. Obviously, there are NFL towns where it gets pretty cold. Buffalo. It feels like by far, and when I say by far, five, seven, eight degrees, and definitely just the feel of it, Green Bay is the coldest place. And that impacts their team because their best players are quarterback. His best attribute is his ability to push the ball down the field. And it gets neutralized in these big games. And for whatever reason, they consistently lose them. So just a terrible loss by Green Bay. Not because they lost to some rat team. The Lions are really good. I texted someone at night late in the game after Rodgers threw the pick. And listen, obviously Rodgers versus Goff, not even close. Rodgers is the far superior player. But when you look at the, even though Jared Goff's had a pretty damn good year, when you look at the rest of the roster, is there a difference? Could you make the argument that the Lions have better players? You could. At worst, they're equals. And tonight, like part of, okay, our teams are equals, the team with the better quarterback should come out victorious. But who's the guy that turned it over in the big spot? It was Aaron Rodgers. And as a defender of Aaron Rodgers, like, I don't really have anything to say. Back-to-back seasons, and you could argue the Tampa Bay game, but I would put the last two years in its own category. Horrendous losses for an all-time great player. Just just honestly pretty embarrassing. And I, you know, listen, if I was Aaron Rodgers' camp, if I was his agent, let's try to get to a warmer weather place and play a couple years when we still got our A game, or at least our A-minus game, and try to put ourselves in a position because time after time after time, Lambeau neutralizes us. And you look terrible in the cold. And uh, that's a tough L for the Green Bay Packers. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. 
They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Football season is underway. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code COLIN. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Get paid your winnings fast. So sign up today with promo code Colin for your no sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. And one thing I was thinking, because obviously this game, you know, the Packers would have played the 49ers. Uh, they lose this game. Seattle gets in. And now you got Niners-Seattle. Uh, the seventh seed in the AFC is the Miami Dolphins. And I completely understand why we added the seventh seed. Just like I completely understood why you put Aaron Rodgers on Sunday Night Football and the Jacksonville Jags and the Tennessee Titans, even though that was a true winner get in no matter what on Saturday Night Football. I understand it. Business is the most important thing. Revenue, your big brands, I get it. Most in the media, I never understand how they do not grasp these concepts. And I, I like the extra game. And I even think the Monday night football thing is really cool. It does huge ratings. It's lucrative for the players, the owners. Everyone benefits. Us people that talk about football, it creates us more content. I'm all for it. But forever, at least at, since I've been watching football, the six teams to make it in both conferences, it was very difficult to do. Now, some years, maybe a 9-7 and seven team makes it, right? And obviously, division-winning teams every once in a while, like Tampa this year. Tampa sucks. But because their division is so terrible, they're in, right? Most years, you know, it should take double-digit wins to win your division. But the 7 seed, like that line of delineation to make it like last year, the 6 seed. Think about it. the 49ers, who won the last game, 10 wins, they get to the NFC Championship game. 
This year, the New York Giants, who have had a really, really good season, 16. That's a real, that's a real team. The Baltimore Ravens, 16. You look at the seven seeds these last two years, they're not very good teams. The Eagles last year got destroyed in the first round by Tampa. Pittsburgh Steelers last year that made it when Ben could barely throw it five yards, awful. Got their ass kicked by Kansas City. I actually think two of the teams that did not make the playoffs are dramatically better than the ones that did. Seattle is not very good. Great story, impressive year. We all thought they were going to suck. They didn't. Uh, Hat tip to Pete Carroll and John Schneider. That's impressive. That's not a playoff team. The Lions are better. And I know Seattle beat the Lions. Who's playing better right now? Who on a neutral field would you take? The Lions or Seattle? The Miami Dolphins made the playoffs. Now, New England sucks too. They shouldn't have made it. Miami Dolphins, you see what they're playing with at quarterback? Did you watch that game? I don't blame you if you didn't. I did because I was thinking that Salah or McDaniel, one of those two were going to get fired. Hell, Salah still might. We'll get into that here in a second. But that was a tough watch. Miami stinks. And part of it isn't all their fault. Tua, who when he's on the field, they are a capable playoff level team. But when he's not, and you're play- Teddy Bridgewater's fingers broken or dislocated, and you're playing with Skylar Thompson, that's a middle-of-the-road team. So to me, the Lions and the Steelers, two teams that did not make it today, are better than that two actually teams that did. So the seven seed, while it adds fun and it adds revenue and it adds content and it adds something for us to watch, it actually is adding a pretty bad team. And now we have two years of evidence, Eagle Steelers, Seattle, Miami, shitty teams are making it. <laughs> That's just a fact. And when you look at the point spreads, I haven't seen the point spread on the Niners Seattle. I'm guessing it's pretty huge. I did see the Bills Miami. That's over 10 points. So, like, this is the playoffs. This isn't week seven, right? I I like most of my point spreads to be a touchdown down once you get to the final, you know, ideally 12 teams. But we added the 14. We added the Monday Night Football game. But we're not getting an increase in the product. We're just not. We're just doing this for money, which I'm pro-capitalism. I'm pro-revenue. But so far in two years, the evidence is not pretty. And speaking about the two teams in the AFC that didn't make it, I think they're the polar opposites. The Pittsburgh Steelers, who started this season 2-6. and six. And when they were 2-6, and six, I know this. And you guys know where I stand if you listen to me for a while. Not the biggest Kenny Pickett guy, but pretty impressive last couple games. Watching him play, run around, make plays, making some nice passes. There's something to build on. But you could have said the same thing last year about Mac Jones when he had like 22 touchdowns and 10 picks or whatever. Had a lot to build on there too. But, you know, Kenny Pickett probably uses athleticism a little bit better. And the one thing different between the Steelers and the Pats, Steelers have a lot of good players all over the place. And every single year, you know, with Pittsburgh, they draft well. But I think Mike Tomlin, a lot like Dan Campbell, what a freaking year. What an awesome performance. Two and six, easy to kind of mail it in. We talked about this, I think, last week. There's a competitive character. There's a standard. There's just a refusal to ever suck to ever just go, you know what? This is not our year. Let's go six and 11. Let's get ready for the draft. You dare us to get a top 10 pick and see who we draft because we'll draft a sweet player. But no, we're not going to do that. We are just going to fight, scratch and claw our way till it's going to take an overtime win for the Miami Dolphins to knock us out of the playoffs. So Absolutely huge amount of respect for the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. 
they, they, they've had reasons these last several years to just bottom out, but their standard, their culture is just too high. Now, if I'm a Steeler fan, we got to take that next step, and I feel pretty good. We have a good nucleus. We have impact players. We're good on defense. We have some good offensive weapons. Can we have a good offseason? Can we have a good draft? And next year, can we win 11 games? Can we be right there with the Bengals and be better than the Ravens? Like, to me, obviously, that's going to be the offseason goal, but I would actually be pretty bullish next year on the Steelers. And a team that I'm just not bullish on, and for the second time in three years, they're under 500. Uh, Though, like, let's throw away the COVID year for Belichick and just focus on the last two years. Last year was impressive. I gave them a lot of credit. They won double-digit games. They won a wild card, or they made the wild card. They obviously lost in the game. They got destroyed by the Bills. But Mac Jones had a solid rookie year. Their defense was good. You're like, okay, let's take a step. Let's see where this goes. And then Josh McDaniels leaves, and he replaces him with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. And the rest is history. Mac Jones had a terrible season. 14 touchdowns, 11 picks. The eye test was really ugly. Though today he actually did some nice things. But overall, the offense was a joke. It it felt like it regressed. And listen, anyone who's been around successful people in their latter stages of life know they're usually not the most open-minded people. They're usually not the most nimble people with ideas. And just like, you know, I'll adapt, I'll figure it out, like, let's have some meetings. They're usually the most stubborn. They're usually the most hard-headed. And when you look at Robert Kraft, who's, I don't know, how old is he now? 80 years old, just got married, super rich, used to success for 20 years. Now his team's going headed in the wrong direction. Like, you think he's just, oh, we'll just figure it out. You think Belichick, who is 70, 71 years old with $100 million in the bank, who's got six rings, is just going to now start listening to Robert Kraft? To me, this feels destined for a divorce. Now, I'm not acting like Belichick should get fired or that getting rid of Bill, it's going to be easy to upgrade. Of course they won't. And even Robert Kraft, if whenever it inevitably happens, couldn't look you in the eye and go, we think we can do better. But there comes a point in a time when it comes to a coach or owner organization relationship where it's just over, where it's just kind of time for a change. And the simple reality is with Bill, he is too good to ever just suck. So he's never going to give you like, ah, now we can get rid of him. He just won four games. He just went five and 12. Let's finally, we can just rid ourselves of Belichick's ornery negative mentality. (laughs) That's not going to happen. So his worst is always going to be 8-9, Like He's going to live around that. And that's what it feels like the Pats are destined to be now for the next several years, just to be 7-10 to 10 wins. And honestly, 10 feels really high. I'd say 7-9. And I do wonder, if you're Robert Kraft, and I would imagine his son, Jonathan, is like, can we do it now? Can we just do a mutual departure? Can we just force Bill's hand, go like, We want you to fire these seven coaches, knowing that he'll say, F you, I'm not doing that shit. I'll do what I want to do because I've done what I want to do for 22 years and look at the success and look at what I've brought you. And I do wonder if this week in the next couple days, rumors, you know, things start flying that it start getting a little weird because this was a disastrous season for them. Not from a, 
they're drafting number one overall. They never will. Bill could coach with his eyes closed and he'd win five games. He could never be Lovey Lovey Smith or Eberflus. He's just too good. But now his talent and his limitations as a drafter without Tom is going to hold him back. So his ceiling is now much, much lower. And I, I, I'm telling you, older, stubborn people, especially super rich ones, and obviously Robert has unlimited wealth, Bill, relative to most rich people, is really, really rich. I, I just don't see this thing ending well. And this feels you know, destined for just a bad, bad divorce, whether it's this year, whether it's next year. But let's face it, the writing's now on the wall. One story that broke... I think it actually broke. It's like Rodgers was throwing the interception to the rookie. Lovey Smith was fired, which got no issue with. Lovey Smith stinks. David Culley, nice guy. Worked with him with the Eagles. Really liked him. Enjoyed him as a wide receiver coach. Most people that were around David Culley laughed out loud when he was named the head coach. The Houston Texans now have gone back-to-back seasons with one-and-done coaches. And... They're a good example. And I saw Sean Payton's talked a lot. He talked about the, this morning on Fox with Schrager. He's, he talks about this when he's on with Coward. I've heard him on with uh, podcasts talk about it. He's adamant. The most important thing in an organization when it comes to the NFL, everyone thinks like, oh, I need a quarterback. Oh, I need a quarterback. He's like, I didn't go to the Saints. We didn't have a quarterback. We signed Drew Brees that offseason, but no one knew Drew Brees was Drew Brees. So I went to that organization because I believed in the vision from the ownership and the general manager. That's the most ex- important uh, aspect of an organization. The cohesiveness from owner, GM, coach. Everyone rowing in the same boat. Now, I've heard this from several people that Cal McNair, the son of, you know, I think RIP, his dad, is long gone, is a moron, an idiot, has no business running a team. Now, you could probably say that for a lot of teams. Mark Davis, Bidwell. You notice a lot of these teams that are complete embarrassment are kids of former successful owners. Like, that's just a reality. You can't fire owners, as Jed York once said. Problem for the NFL. Well, I guess not really, because the good teams like those teams sucking. Like, you think Clark Hunt minds that the Raiders are a disaster or the Broncos don't have their shit together? You think Kyle Shanahan minds that Michael Bidwell doesn't know what the hell he's doing? Of course not. But it's just a reality. And the Texans right now just don't feel like there's any cohesiveness. And Casario, I don't know much about him, never met the guy, besides just Patriot guys consistently fail when they get their opportunities to succeed. Though I remember when he made the Deshaun Watson trade, which was a heist. That was highway robbery. Have you watched Deshaun Watson? I get he hasn't played in a long time, but I saw someone put this on Twitter today. It's like, listen, I'll give Deshaun the benefit of the doubt the first couple weeks, But after like five games, if you look worse than Jarrett Stidham, right, or Brock Purdy, or some of these guys, David Blau, like we got issues. You look terrible. They gave you 230 guaranteed, and they traded countless first-round picks for you. So this, he he might not be any good. So to trade a guy for that much who was never going to play for your franchise again is a good trade. It's an excellent trade. There's a chance that the Cleveland Browns and the Denver Broncos have two players who are making combined guaranteed money at like $500 million who just stink. Now, you would say Deshaun would be less likely to stink given that he's way younger, but who knows? Maybe his massage, escapades, 
mindset, ability to compartmentalize. He can't do it anymore, and he's just going to unravel. It's, it's pretty ugly so far. Browns fans, you have to admit that. But Nick Casario keeps hiring these coaches. I get last year, nobody would touch the job. He hired David Cully. He was a one and done from the moment he hired him. And even this last season with Lovey Smith, clearly a lot of people thought that place was, was toxic. Maybe now, because they have these picks, they're going to have cap space, a little less toxic. You have to hire a coach that you think can be a good head coach. What is the point in hiring these guys? If you think Nick Casario thought Lovey Smith was good last year when he hired him, you're just crazy. He knew he sucked. The, the organ, like His resume spoke for itself. He sucked for years. It made absolutely no sense beside the fact that could they get no one else to take the job? Now, all rumors and all signs point that they're going to hire uh, Gannon, the offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, or I guess the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, or hire one of the Philadelphia, I, I'm, I got a lot of coaches in my mind right now, but one of the Philadelphia Eagles assistant coaches, which, again, you would think that guy would have a little more high upside, younger guy. Here's my question. Is Casario, if he is able to survive, and, and Jay Glazer reported that he might get fired too. Who knows? I mean, that place is a disaster. And ultimately, you can blame the or you can blame the general manager. You can blame the coaches. Do you notice consistently these bad organizations are run by terrible owners? <clears throat> like, why do the Raiders always suck? Mark Davis is their owner. Like this year, the Cardinals were terrible. Well, yeah, most years when Michael Bidwell owns the team, it's not very good. Most years with the Houston Texans. They're not going to be good as long as this guy owns the team. Why do the Washington football team commanders always not make the playoffs? Because Dan Snyder's a shitty owner. Ownership really, really matters. Are they coaching wide receivers on how to run out routes or coaching defensive backs what coverages to play? Of course not. But we have a long history now. I would say in all of pro sports, the importance and the influence that bad ownership has. It's consistent, and the bad ownership in this league is pretty, pretty evident on a yearly basis. And speaking of the Texans, they blew. And here's the thing about not having a cohesive... Today, this morning, and really for the last week, everyone knew Lovey Smith was going to get fired. So Lovey Smith was going to get fired. You obviously sucked all season long, and now you want to lose these last couple games. But Lovey Smith, what does he have to lose? He's trying to win some games. He's never going to be a head coach again. They win this game today. They lose the number one overall pick. Little lucky that it's not exactly like Andrew Luck in this draft. But still, what is the point in being terrible all season long and then losing week 18? There is none. It's terrible business. And that's ultimately what this is. It's a business. Now, the Bears, who I don't know if you've noticed, have the number one overall pick. They've lost 10 straight games. 10. Fields didn't play today, but still, they lost a lot of games when Justin Fields was playing. <clears throat> it did hit me today that their general manager and their head coach did not draft Justin Fields. Didn't do it. Now, I like Justin Fields. I loved him coming out in the draft. I would have. I thought he should have gone number two overall to the Jets. I wanted the 49ers to take him at number three. Clearly, a lot of people in the league didn't think I was right because the league did not view Justin Fields like I view Justin Fields. I don't pretend to be Bill Walsh or Bill Parcells here, but I'd say that one's aged pretty well. I do wonder if people really, really like Bryce Young. Now, I think coming out of college, 
<clears throat> Bryce Young's a better quarterback, a more natural passer, a more natural feel for the passing game. Fields is a much bigger, superior athlete. He is going into his third season, and he does have a lot of value. You don't think a team like the football team, Commanders, some of these teams would trade for him? If the Bears' front office was not a huge believer in Fields when they were with their other teams, you know, when he was with the Chiefs, and then he comes there, it's not like Fields won him a bunch of games. Now, there's a lot to be excited about. He has a high ceiling, but a lot of guys with high ceilings never get there. You could justify, or it wouldn't totally shock me if we see some rumors, the Bears would entertain taking some calls on Justin Fields, getting a bunch of draft capital, and then just drafting Bryce Young and starting from scratch with his rookie contract. I do wonder if that's on the table right now. I'm not saying I would do that, but this is a team, never forget, that traded Chase Claypool to the, uh, excuse me, they traded for Chase Claypool they use our second-round pick. Well, when you have the number one overall pick, where's your second-round pick? Well, it's pick 33. It's actually pick 32 because the Miami Dolphins got their first-rounder taken away this year. So if you're the Bears, you got a long way to go. I know you were competitive this year, but you actually stink. So I think everything's on the table with them, especially when you have a head coach and a general manager that had nothing to do with the quarterback. And last but not least, the New York Jets. I've been saying this for a while, if you've listened to the show, that someone in the league told me a while ago, the Jets had eight premium picks. And they hit basically on seven of them. And they missed on one. And if you reversed it, and they missed on seven, but they hit on the one, and that one was the quarterback, the head coach and the GM would get extensions. That's the way the NFL works. You draft Mahomes, you draft Josh Allen, you draft Lamar, you get job security. You can draft left tackles, you can draft linebackers, you can draft cornerbacks, you can draft running backs, all pros and pro bowlers. But if you whiff on the quarterback, you're going to be in trouble. Because ultimately, it's a quarterback league. You need your quarterback to function at a relatively high level. The 49ers are having success right now. Obviously, they have a very talented team, but Brock Purdy is throwing multiple touchdowns every single game. Their passing game is explosive. And the Jets, who took Zach Wilson number two overall, which this is a young man from Utah, Provo, Utah, to New York City. Like, it couldn't be any more extremes. I've been to both places. They are the polar opposite of each other. And Joe Douglas did a good job. He's drafted a lot of really good players. Robert Sala feels like a solid head coach. But there were rumors this morning that everything is on the table with Woody Johnson. And I wouldn't fire these guys. I would stand pat. But I do understand if you put yourself in the owner's shoes, you go, it's one thing to miss on the quarterback or have the quarterback have a slow transitional period in his younger career. It's another thing to take Zach Wilson. Who, last week, the offensive coordinator said, yeah, in hindsight, we screwed up. We should have eased him into his career. Robert Sala says he just needs to get away and read a book. And then it hit me today when I'm watching the Dolphins game. They're not playing for anything. Today was not a win or get in game. They're just playing for pride. Today would be the type day is like, let Zach get out there and get some reps. And it never crossed their mind to start Zach Wilson. If anything, they didn't want Zach Wilson close to the field at all. 
They think Zach Wilson is either a terrible human, a terrible football player, or a combination of them both. And if I'm the owner, our franchise was going to hinge on that number two pick. If this guy was just a decent player, just top 15, 20 player, turns out with our team, we'd have had a chance. He's the worst quarterback in the NFL. The wor- Obviously, there are probably some backups worse than him, but there's clearly some backups better. The worst starting quarterback in the NFL this year, Zach Wilson. And let's face it, starting quarterback, I mean, he's not going to be a starting quarterback for the foreseeable future, if ever again. So, the Jets made their bed, or, you know, created this mess, and now they kind of got to lie in the situation. So, these rumors about Robert Sala and Joe Douglas's job security... I don't think it's as crazy as like like Mike McDaniel. Well, the fuck was Mike McDaniel supposed to do? The team was, you know, offensively, they were really good. And the quarterback got concussion after concussion after concussion. He inherited this quarterback. It's not like he went to the owner, he went to the GMs. Like, I got this guy. His name's Tua Tonga He's from Hawaii. He's coming with me, and we're going to win games. I just showed up. I told you guys I could resurrect him. I'm not the biggest Tua fan, but he definitely resurrected him. The only time Tua really stinks is when his head's getting bounced off the surface. So, to me, the rumors about Mike McDaniel losing his job, like, what? But I understand the Jets, like, if I'm Woody Johnson, you tell me with this roster, let me get a guy that knows quarterbacks. Jim Harbaugh. Sean Payton. So, I would guess in the next couple days, we start hearing rumors about the Jets, even if they don't fire these guys, about Woody Johnson doing some due diligence, even though I don't even think there's due diligence to be done. But I think Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh would make some sense with the New York Jets. The Volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.